Inspiring, educating and informing Biz Here. Telling your stories. Yes, this is Biz Here, the podcast series from Hope FM in which we speak to various different organisations, businesses, charities and individuals who are all striving to make a real difference in this world. Uh, This episode was recorded live at the Christian Resources Exhibition 2019 at Sandown Park Racecourse in Surrey. And today, Blair Crawford is speaking to Mike Ganang from Blazing Grace, an international ministry that helps men and women recover from porn addiction and adultery, providing healing for everybody, uh, offering books, counselling groups, conferences, retreats and training for churches. Well, if you're somebody who, uh, who struggles with, with pornography or anything associated with it, you want to listen quite carefully. Now, I'm delighted to uh, welcome uh, Mike Ganang, who actually heads up a ministry called uh, Blazing Grace. Uh, good morning to you, Mike. Thanks for having me on. So, Mike, tell us the, I mean, obviously you're hailing from Colorado. Yes. Uh, tell us, how did the ministry get, get founded? What was the inspiration behind it? Uh, well, it began really for me as a teenager when I got addicted to pornography and then from pornography it went to promiscuity, sexual prostitutes, one night stand at a bar where I picked up a sexually transmitted disease, adultery as a single and a married man. So basically I train wrecked my life with sexual sin and uh, then I had an eight year journey. Uh, So I was binging on porn into my marriage which most guys do who are in bondage with this because they figure well, I don't need to tell anybody when I'm a teen I'm not hurting anybody right so they wait until they get married they're terrified of telling their wife they don't tell their wife until 10 20 30 even 40 years into their marriage we've had guys come to us couples come to us in their 60s where the wife just discovered her husband's porn problem even into their 70s so what is so devastating about this is they can literally waste their life <clears throat> I mean, I've got some statistics here in front of me, and, and some of them are quite shocking. These are UK statistics. Mm-hmm. So the statistics say that 75% of Christian men view porn at least monthly. That, that's an astounding figure. How did, you, how did you unearth these sorts of figures? Uh, well, I get Google, Google News alerts, so every day I'm getting um, alerted on news stories. In fact, just yesterday there was a story in the UK where parents were angry and furious because their elementary age kids at school are being told by their teeth they're given they're being given pornographic materials and then there's also another article where um, right out of kindergarten kids are being taught here in the UK how to stimulate themselves sexually so I see these articles coming in all the time from you know all over the world really I mean, of, of the 75% of, of, of Christian men who, who view porn, uh, according to this, 41% of, of those folk actually admit to having an issue. And I guess that that must be the most challenging thing for, for a person to admit that they have a problem. Because if they don't really admit it to themselves and, and then maybe to other folk, then the issue is not really going to come to light at all. It's going to be buried, isn't it? Well, and when you're, if you're going to a church where they never or very rarely talk about sex or pornography, then what will happen is the same thing that happened to me. I, I assumed that I was a freak. I saw my church wasn't talking about porn, so I assume I must be the only one with this problem. I hear guys have said that so many times. So when you think you're the only one, who are you going to tell? <laughs> 
And then, are you really going to tell your wife? Because you know if you tell your wife, you know, it's, it's not going to go very well. So your marriage, of course, could be at, could be at risk? Serious risk. Of course, in, in your case, although you struggled with it for many years, there, there was a, a watershed. Uh, obviously, the watershed is now here where you and I have a ministry, Blazing Grace, which is actually helping people. Uh, and you want to extend that ministry. I know you're in many countries already and you want to extend it here in the UK. But very briefly, Mike, how did, how did you deal with the issues? What was, it, what was it that broke you free? Well, what broke me was, um, you know, I figured when I got married in 1989, I figured, well, I'm going to have marital, you know, legal... God sanctioned sex now, that's going to fix my lust problem. Well, it didn't fix it. It made it 10 times worse because we carry all of our baggage and the way we deal with life into our marriage. So six months into my marriage, I was binging on porn daily and masturbation daily. And it really, I hated it. It tore me up, but I was doing what most guys do, trying to do it on my own. Then a year and a half into my marriage, you know, porn always leaves us hungry for more porn, lust, any kind of sexual lust. So a year and a half into my marriage, I committed adultery with a prostitute while on the road. And, and that just tore me up with guilt and conviction. I confessed to my wife and she was bawling and sobbing and crying. It just really hurt her deeply. And then I realized I could lose everything because of this stuff. So then I began an eight-year journey. I mean, I was daily reading my Bible and praying every single day, and that wasn't breaking me free. And I was what I call a head Christian. Like a lot of people who go to church, I knew all the Bible verses. I knew all the right things to say. But inside, my heart was empty. And, you know, you read about the love of God and the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love, joy, peace. I didn't have any of that inside of me, even though I'd been in church for 15 years. So... Finally, after spending years going to groups, conferences, counseling, reading my Bible and praying every day, I just broke and gave up and said, God, either you're the God who can change lives like you say you can, or this whole church and religion thing is just a lie. And literally within six months, he changed my life. And the big key for me was he starts showing me all these verses, if you seek me, you will find me. But the key is if you seek me with all your heart. And I never really sought God. I had sought Bible knowledge and doctrine, but I'd never sought God himself. And I suppose that you'd also reached that point of desperation, hadn't you? I mean, you, you really needed help because obviously your marriage would have been at risk and so on. So you were, God brought you to that point where really there wasn't anyone else to depend on apart from him. Yeah, that's all I had left literally was the Lord. <laughs> so, so obviously then you, you put God first and that was the beginning of freedom. That's correct. Really, literally within several months after I just said, God, you're it. You're my last hope and my only hope. I'm reading through the book of 1 John. I'm in 1 John 4 where it says, God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. And I just got depressed. And I said, Lord, why is it every time I read about your love I get depressed? And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke these words. He said, because you don't believe it. And I realized that I had the knowledge, but I didn't have the heart belief because growing up, I'd grown up with parents that were very harsh and abusive. So I'd seen God like my angry, earthly father and not like who he says he is in his word. That must be a common problem, you know, where people can be Christians, can call themselves Christians, may have been in church all of their lives, and yet actually God to them can be quite distant. Again, that can be something that 
that people you know bury, but never really knowing who they are in Christ and the fact that God God loves and it's the, it's the I suppose the discovery of of the love of God which gives us the freedom to enter into who we really are, which is really sons and daughters of the living God. Mm -hmm. Well, receiving and believing is not the same as knowledge. There's a guy named John Piper in the U.S., and he said that um, PhDs in theology are more likely to commit adultery than those that are not PhDs. And in his words, he said that's because they don't know God. They know the Bible, they know Greek, they know Hebrew, but they don't know the Lord intimately. So we're talking about an intimate personal relationship here. How, how did you foster that? I mean, how did, what was it that enabled you to make the transition from being like a head knowledge Christian, if you like, to, to having this more intimate personal relationship with him? Well, when the Holy Spirit spoke those words, because you don't believe it, then I realized that all my life God had been saying to me, I love you. And I'd been, he'd been saying that, and I said, I was saying, in effect, no, you don't. I believe you are harsh, condemning, you're going to destroy me every mistake I make, and that's what I really And that believe. was really a carryover from, from what your parents had right. really not only told you, but demonstrated it for you on a, in a negative way. Yeah, there was no hugs. I never heard the words, I love you, growing up. So how do you receive love when you never had it? How do you receive love when you go to church and you hear people with glib faces saying, oh, God loves you, happy Sunday, but you're empty and you're, and you're, and you're dead inside. You don't know what to do and you're, you feel lost and alone. So part of what we need to do in our churches is, is go for people's hearts, not just their minds. Mike, I know that, that you're here at the exhibition and obviously you brought some of the resources with you. And some of those resources are a number of books that you have written. I'm holding two of them in my hand right now. This first one, The Road to Grace. If we get hold of this, what will we find inside of it? Um, that will give you the foundation for freedom, for finding a true relationship from the heart with the Lord. It will equip you with the biblical tools to overcome temptation. And then you've got another book here. In fact, you've got a series of books, but you've got one which is The Wife's Heart. So what's the emphasis on that one? Well, what happens in this problem is a lot of times the wife gets left out. And we, we get more emails oftentimes from wives than we do husbands because what happens when the disclosure comes out, the wife is in deep pain and trauma and they want help today. The husband may take months, even years, before he decides to overcome his pride and step out of his shame and get help. So Thursdays we ship more of these books to wives than we do the men for help, which is a tragedy. But for women, they have to deal with having their self-esteem shredded to bits because now the one man who is supposed to unconditionally love them for who they are has been looking at pictures of other naked women. How do they compete against that? And then part of it in the book is rebuilding who they are, not on their husband's sexual sin, but on what God says, who God says they are, their beloved daughter in Christ. Now, obviously, uh, people cannot talk to you personally because you're in Colorado, but your ministry has spread to other countries, hasn't it? How, how has that growth begun? Um, well, we do get contacted from people in the UK for help and we do phone counseling so we can do phone counseling uh, but we're trying to find a partner in the UK we've already had partners in other places in Europe in Italy and Austria for the German-speaking countries so we're looking or hoping to find a partner that can help us set up speaking events and do conferences and retreats and um, where we can help equip you and train you to lead groups 
So right now we have a guy who will lead a group, a phone group, he's in Finland, but he'll lead an English-speaking group all over Europe. So anybody listening to this that feels attracted should pick up the phone and have a chat with you? Yep. And, and, uh, and of course, if people are wanting as a first step to confront maybe an issue that, that they have, uh, then is, is going to your website the, the first place they should go? Yeah, and that would be blazinggrace.org, and then there's a ton of articles on there to get you started, and then you can get in touch with us, and then we'll get you plugged in. Well, you, you have a veritable resource. I know here at your stand at the exhibition, I, this morning when you weren't here, I plundered your stand, and <laughs> I, 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 I took a lot of the flyers that you've done. But actually, these flyers in themselves, they're quite short, but to the point, uh, and, and, and very helpful. Are these flyers available on your website as well? Yeah, there's a lot of articles they can print off that are on the website. Plenty more than that. And then we have a, I have a seminar today at 2 o'clock here at this show, healing for those caught in porn and adultery that get into the men's and the wives' issues. And I know that somewhere I read that obviously you're coming over from, from the States and you've been praying that God would, you know, because you're, you're here for a little while, aren't you? A short while beyond the, right. the, the exhibition. And uh, I loved it whenever you said you didn't want to be sort of led up any dark roads and so on. So are you finding that, that, that already God's making these divine appointments for you that, through the people you're meeting here at the, at the exhibition and, and what may follow afterwards? Yeah, we've talked to... Well, it's interesting to watch people's responses because some will look us in the eye, all of a sudden turn their face away and move away hurriedly because once they see the word porn, it freaks them out. But there's others who come to us and we hear stories like a guy just literally just told me his pastor confessed to being gay. And so sexual sin is all the way from the church from six-year-olds all the way up to 70 year olds But the, I suppose the most important thing of your message is confront, you know, if you have an issue, I mean, God doesn't stop people loving people because of their sexuality or their challenges, but I guess the, the hardest thing in the world is to admit to yourself and to others, you know, not, not the world in its cap, but trusted others, that, that there is an issue. And then, of course, seeking the help, as you did yourself at the beginning of your own journey. Well, yeah, back then, I didn't know where to go to help, and the answers I was getting were leading me astray, so... <laughs> so finally, uh, before I let you go, what sort of um, what would be your final word to folk who who do have an issue, who who are admitting I need to deal with this? What's your what's your final word to them, Mike? Do not wait, because a lot of people make the mistake of waiting, and then it gets worse. This is not a problem that will lie dormant. It will grab them until they do something drastic to get help. This is both for husbands and wives. Because the big risk for wives is that they let bitterness and anger and despair get a hold of their heart. I've seen women walk away from the Lord over this. I've seen men walk away and lose their faith. This is a very destructive thing that has the power to shipwreck everything. So do not wait. And to pastors and ministry leaders, do not be afraid of talking about sex. You are keeping people in bondage when you avoid this topic. And you cannot justify that biblically when you read Revelations 2 and 3 and 1 Corinthians 5. And don't forget to go and check out the Blazing Grace uh, website. And that is uh, www.blazinggrace.org. Mike, thank you so much for joining me and every blessing uh, in what you do. And of course, as you seek to expand this very important and very necessary ministry. Thank you. To listen again, download and to share this podcast, visit bizhere.com.